0: This is what flow from Progressive sounds like in one of our commercials. You may have seen one there on TV occasionally. And speaking of motorcycle insurance rates, did you know that our basic motorcycle policies start at just $75 a year? And speaking of speaking of insurance, I just love... And this is how that same commercial sounds on your motorcycle. Yeah, everything's better on a bike. Progressive keeps you on yours. Get a quote in as little as three minutes at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states. and there's your opening to remind them who pays the bills around here progressive casualty insurance company affiliates and other insurers discount not available in all states or situations
1: this is the van City studio collection
2: Welcome, welcome to episode 23 of Ride the Pine. I am Hondo, here with Yi e and StatGod. What's up, guys? What's hey up, man? Up? We are in week 14 of the NBA season. We're getting very, very close to the All-Star game. I am so pumped. So much basketball going on. Episode 23, this is the Allen Crabb, Draymond Green, Wes Matthews, Anthony Davis, Marcus Canby, Mitch Richmond, and LeBron James episode. What episode twenty three? Where's we? What? What? Where's? Who, where's, who Jordan? This list? where's Jordan? Where's Jordan? Where's Jordan?
1: Look at the list. Michael Jordan is his own category. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> you, you,
2: he's he's so he's so prolific. You took him out of yeah, the he, out of
1: that
3: list. He gets his own set of parentheses. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's a pretty good player. Yeah. He's
2: all
3: right. He's all right.
2: So you know what? We're just gonna we're gonna go right into it. We have to go right into it. There's no other option so we are going to go right into gameplay so so sure. so we are going to go oh! is right into gameplay this week all right we're going to do it as we always do we're going into our gameplay highlights intensity intrigue and introspection, introspection. All right. So you know what? You know what we're going to do? We're following up on what we predicted last week, and we're going to go right into it. We're going into our RTP game of the week. So the the game of the week happened to uh, correspond with our NBA Thursday, which was great. This game actually ended up being quite entertaining. So this is Atlanta versus Houston. This was uh, February 2nd, just on Thursday. Tim Hardaway Jr., of all people, has like a career night in this game. He drops 33. Atlanta Atlanta basically decides to start playing again somewhere somewhere in the third they're down by like 20 in this game and they they start to make a run at it and they come back but they come back in the face of resistance from uh from Harden. I think Harden has like 40, 40 plus in this game. So this this to me actually was like Atlanta's actually making a statement in this game and I'm like is it foreshadowing things to come, or is this just an anomaly
3: game for them? I think it's an anomaly game. I think the statement that was made in this game was uh, you're going to need a, a guy, a role player on your, in your starting unit to score over 20 points in the fourth quarter to beat James Harden and yeah. the Rockets on a game where they're being as successful in, in executing their game plan as, as they were in that game. Yeah. I mean, super, super props to Tim Hardaway Jr. He He's got over 20 points in that fourth quarter. Had some monster plays. Had, a, had an awesome dunk, which we'll, we'll cover later. And and just was was all over the place on the offensive side of it, but if like that's not a reliable source of of winning basketball games as the Atlanta Hawks as any (laughs) team that's playing the Houston Rockets, you know, like you're not gonna win them all. Yeah. Uh, And I like so it was an amazing game to watch. I was I was so excited with how that game wrapped up in the end of it. Uh, But I think it's more of a of a testament to like wow, damn, the Rockets are like they're really fucking hard to beat nowadays. Yeah. Um,
1: Rockets are kind of living by the three and dying by the three this week. They've kind of. Lost like six or seven games out of the last ten or so, mm-hmm. um, and this is you know one of them. I would say Houston had probably over fifty three pointers in taken in this game, <laughs> and they lost this game, right? Yeah. Another thing to note is Atlanta rode their bench the whole fourth quarter. Yep, Shooter was on the bench. Howard was on the bench. I think Millsap played for a few minutes, but they re- they had like Mike Muscala out there, and yeah. and uh, this ninety five with the. The bulbous hair, um, Bembry, or whatever his name is. <laughs> the bulbous hair. I don't know, the, the fro. The fro. Okay. Just, it took me a while to say fro. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but
3: it said you, you made it to bulbous hair. <laughs> but po- that's that, that's, that's from uh, that's from Geese hair salon. So, I mean, <laughs> this, this makes perfect
1: sense. Um, and it, it was crazy to see Timmy Timmy take the game away from the Rockets. <laughs> so there there's a shot in this game
2: that is just hilarious like you think that the ball is going in at the end we we thought it was a three pointer yeah. and it just like it completely bricks but it was just like an illusion from where it was taken on the court. You just couldn't tell. They were like, like people were actually cheering that it went in. It didn't go anywhere oh, close. We were cheering, right? We were like, like, we, we yeah, were yeah. cheering because we thought it was going to tie it up. Yeah, Therese is- takes
3: a step back with uh, – with, they were down three with a few <laughs> seconds. Basically, the last possession of the game, and it looks – for the angle, the telecast angle, and for what I imagine that entire side of the stadium, yeah, that he absolutely drains Especially. it, right? Yeah, and and you can hear half of the stadium just goes nuts, and and we were too, right? This yeah. was at the at the at the meetup, and, and we're losing our minds because like that's a huge play, and, and yeah. this game was was crazy, and then I think it was Tim Hardaway again got the rebound, and they're not trying to inbound it. There's three rockets just standing around looking at each other, and they get a dunk on the other side of it yeah. and again without inbounding. Yeah. It was an air ball. What, what what are the weirdest endings to the games that I've seen yeah, in a long time? No, definitely a weird ending. I love the ending
2: of that game and I love like the dunk from, from Tim Hardaway Jr. at the end to close this because our NBA Thursday group just erupts and they're like, Why are people Erupting over a Houston Atlanta game, <laughs> it's like you know that the you know that the diehards are in the building when when just eruption is coming out for a game that no
3: one else is watching, and not, at least not up here. Literally, no Houston or uh, or Atlanta fans as part of the meetup, and we're in the <laughs> middle of Seattle and we're losing our goddamn minds over this game. And that, that that's basically how those nights go. Sometimes
2: I thought this. There, there was one crazy stat in this game, though. It was twenty-one turnovers for Atlanta to nine for Houston. And uh, it was still like usually because it, like Harden is averaging a ridiculous amount of turnover. Those 600. might all be blamed on you know, him. <laughs> yeah. like, uh-huh. But it's 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 hard to say. So all right, we're gonna move to a couple uh new Oh sorry,
1: Gee. Sorry, I should have said that when I had my moment. Yeah. Uh two things I was gonna bring up is that Mike Dunleavy had a game high plus twenty-two in the game. Mm-hmm. And it's a statement because <laughs> why? And they got rid of <laughs> they got rid of Kyle Corver for him, right? Yeah. And uh Getting rid of Kyle Corver paved the way for Tim Hardaway away to get this, you know. Oh. I love I love the alliteration. I mean, love it. I love it. Just get some monster plays.
2: <laughs> Alright, Gee. We're gonna we're gonna turn over to a couple of games of the week here. So there's there's the back and forth between uh, Golden State and Eclipse. So I'm gonna actually bring up both of these games. One is just one is a little bit closer than the the other, but this this first game is just a blowout of massive proportions. This is a one forty four ninety eight win. This is on the the twenty eighth of January. Golden State just crushes the Clippers. They are fifty percent from from three in this game. Seventeen three pointers in this game. I don't know. They're just embarrassing other people in the West right now. One you know one hundred and forty four points in this game. It's just like the distribution here was pretty decent too. So. Stack out any uh any clips on this game or any kind of other stats from this game.
3: In the Western Conference right now, uh, I mean, so we I don't we didn't cover this, but Steph Curry and Kevin Durant won play the two man winner of the, the the Players of the Week, which you don't see very often. Yeah. Uh, and these kinds of performances that Steph is putting up is a huge contributor to this, and obviously having Durant on the uh, on the, uh other side of that is is helpful to him. But in this last week. Steph Curry gets 43 points in 28 minutes against the Clips in that game, right? Yeah. That's just ridiculous in and of itself. Shoots 61% on 22 field goal attempts over the course of the week on average, (laughs) right? Oh, yeah. 58% 58% on th- over 13 three-point attempts over the, co- over the course of the week. God. 37 points per game. And This is in three games over the course of the week. Like, the guy is, I mean. He's just he, a murderer, man. He, yeah, like, he's he's on another planet. And it's one of those things where it's, like, at some point you think, like, you're going to stop being surprised by the things that Steph Curry does and the, yeah. and the things that the, the Warriors do. But it just hasn't happened <coughs> yet, right? Like, you, these things keep coming up and, like, dude. You, like 13 3 point attempts a game like nobody should be taking that amount that's that's bad right that's a bad thing for one player to yeah. be dominating the ball in that sense. he's hitting almost 60% of them i mean that's it's it's going. absolutely nuts but the thing is looking at the
2: other stats from this first game he has 9 rebounds in this game he's got <laughs> he's got he's got 6 assists like he is just going off but he's going off on all fronts Luckily, he's not tall enough to completely block everybody. Otherwise, he would just be the permanent
3: MVP. Otherwise, he would be Kevin Durant. The permanent MVP. Just permanent MVP.
1: No, yeah, and the thing that sticks out to me is that in this game, specifically, Kevin Durant goes 9 for 11. He takes 11 shots. And he's, like, deferring to Curry. He's like, here, have the torch again, you know? Because the first half of the season was kind of Kevin Durant filling in and or fitting in and Curry taking a back seat. Yeah. And the roles, as I was kind of showing you, like, it kind of switched on
3: its head, you know. Just but, a week ago, but that nine for eleven, he's not, he's not deferring to him. He's saying, "Hey, take all the shots that I would have missed. Oh, you shoot. make them instead, <laughs> and I'll just <laughs> sure. get my nine field goal field goals yeah, and st- still been, get twenty two yeah. points, right?" Like Kevin yeah. Durant, like he's not losing out in this in this scenario. Yeah. You know, yeah. You
2: know, I I mean, so so that's that that's the first game in the series, but they also play they also play the other game. Um, on Thursday night. So this ended up being a 133-120 win for the Warriors. However, the distribution, you're you're right in terms of what you talked about with uh, Steph Curry just in terms of average of 37. The distribution is a little bit better. He, He goes off for 29 in this game, but Durant has 26. Thompson has 21. And it's just like the bench is making a huge impact too for the Warriors. And they just like the Clippers don't have anything to stop them. You're you're relying on 18 points from Austin Rivers. You can't rely on Austin Rivers to to bring you up over the top for the uh, for the Clippers. And they they just really besides Crawford off the bench. What else? What else do, does do the Clippers actually have?
3: Not a lot. And I think you hit it right there with with Jamal Crawford. Right. Like if the Clippers are going to win some games in the West while CP3 is out, you need. Crawford to be good, Jamal Crawford, right? You yeah. need him to be hitting the rainbow shots. And like when he hits us, st- when he gets open on threes, you've got to make them. He's a streaky shooter, so you don't always get that out yeah. of him. And you see that they're generally not successful, especially with injuries when they don't get that kind of production. Mm-hmm. But in this game, he scores 21 points on 7 11 of shooting, uh, over 50% on three, and they still. They still couldn't. They still lost by double digits. They still yeah. couldn't work it out. Like it's just... well, I mean, you're losing by double digits because you've got you have Raymond
2: Felton and you have Austin Rivers starting. Right. That's that you're going to lose games. It changes with Paul back, but I still I still don't think they're deep enough. And I guess where I'm going with all of this is that they're just inevitably at this like pivot point where they're going to have to blow this thing up, and it's it's going to have ramifications across the league in terms of what happens as a result.
1: Agreed. I believe this is their last season as a unit. Um I would say looking at the stats, the thing that sticks out the most is DeAndre Jordan. Almost max player money, DeAndre Jordan. Two shots. And it's two dunks probably. You know? Yeah. You know you I know you pay him for his defense. But if he's not like contributing like as he usually does. But he has to he has to produce. And but Is he a he, product of Chris Paul? I feel like he is. No, I, I definitely agree with that, but I, I
2: think Against against the Warriors, you have to play. You can play that inside post ball, and and that's how you take them on. You you can't take them on from from three, but you you can take them on from the inside. And and DeAndre is is a way to
1: do that. But they're not. They didn't utilize him in this game, and they lost as a result of that. Right. I don't know if DeAndre Jordan has much of an offensive game. He just gets lobs, and so they just had to really enforce that as part of their game plan. They didn't yeah. do it. I watched this game. They Didn't throw anything towards him. Yeah. And. Okay, Jamal Crawford, Austin Rivers maybe to what you guys were saying are pretty nice as a bench unit, but you ride and die with them as your bench. And if they're mm-hmm. splitting, you know, splitting time between starting and not and then they're they're not consistent, you have to rely on your core 3, you know.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's an interesting point about about DeAndre Jordan. Like he's not a back to the basket type of player. He never has been. Like that's not his game. Yeah. And in that sense, in that vein, he's kind of a product of Backcourt production in a way, right? Like if the backcourt is producing, then that DeAndre Jordan is going to get his shots, or he's going to get his putbacks, and so nobody's going to be able to box him out. Sure. But until a shot goes up uh, from somebody or, or you know, there's somebody's laid on a switch because you know he didn't get iced on the pick and roll or something like right. that, then then DeAndre Jordan is a little less useful out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, you just don't see those scenarios as much when you're starting Austin Rivers that's right. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> that's Raymond right. Felton over over Chris Paul. <laughs> that's, right, that's right.
2: That's definitely right. All right. So we're going to we're going to move on from the Golden State kind of clip series, those back to back into I think this was the actual game of the week. This is maybe a contender for game of the season at this point. Okay. And this is the Knicks versus Hawks. This goes four OT. Did you guys watch kind of highlights or watch any part of this game?
1: Yeah, I mean, I watched the highlights. I couldn't watch the whole game, but uh, okay, nobody could. Nobody could. It just, it just <laughs> kept going, Millsap logged in sixty fucking minutes, um, thirty seven to nineteen to be exact. Sure, and um, it was funny because Carmelo Anthony, our boy Kylo Quinn, Christoph's <laughs> Porzingis, um, our boy Kylo Quinn. I, I, man, I love. Go back him. to the dog. Yeah, Christoph Porzingis, Joachim Noah, Carmelo Anthony, Car- uh, Kylo Quinn, all all fouled out of this game. <laughs> and they they kept going for an additional two overtimes. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, then they went for two additional overtimes after that? Yeah, well, yeah, Mello fell out in the end of the beginning of the third overtime.
3: <laughs> that was uh, that was my favorite thing. I watched the highlights of this game afterwards, and you could like, the, the highlights were all like Melo and KP hitting yeah. clutch shots, yeah. and then showing them fouling out in like the middle of the second overtime. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you go, it, it cut straight to the final score of like 4-0-T. <laughs> was, was like, well, there must have been something that happened. Then, and it was Paul know, Millsap apparently.
1: But then we got blessed by Reddit by posting that uh, fourth quarter, start of the fourth quarter um, sequence, where it was like Jennings for three, <laughs> Justin Holland holiday for three, um, it was like back to back you know Baysmore and Schroeder for 3 or something stupid like that. This <laughs> yeah. is mean, <laughs> this is crazy, but the, the the Knicks still don't have that much production from their
2: bench even when it goes even when it goes to 4OT. I'm like if there's ever a time when you need production from your bench, it's in a 4OT situation. <laughs> <laughs> and they, st- they still don't have it.
1: Well, I would just say, you know, Millsap ended that game with the post-game interview saying that was fun. Let's never do that again. <laughs> Let's never do that. Again.
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay, two other games this this last week. This was an anomaly game. This was on the on the thirtieth. This was the Mavs over Cleveland, which is just doesn't s- seem like something I would say even even last week or even going into prediction that day. Um, <laughs> a couple of interesting thoughts with this game. Thompson goes with. Thompson goes with zero in like twenty plus minutes in oh, this game. Man. I I obviously gravitated towards that. <laughs> he's he's a he's a terrific old man representative. Um, All that
1: pregame rituals for nothing, right? You
2: know, we're gonna talk a little bit more about Farrell kind of coming up here. Um for Dallas, he goes off for nineteen in this game. Um where is Dirk? Where is where is Dirk in this game? Like even, even when the Mavs win, he's still not really contributing. I, I think he only had like 8 points in this actual game. What what's going on with Dirk? I mean, is he is he uh, still even like how do we even talk about him now?
1: Um without necessarily describing his game right now. Uh, we saw Kobe's last year, right? We kind of yeah. saw Kevin Garnett's last year and Tim yeah. Duncan's last year, and it was kind of a little gross and a little hard to watch because you remember them as their, you know, their pinnacle of their careers, their they game winners against Miami, like, you know, for Dirk and things like that. Watching him this season is a little harder to absorb. Mm-hmm. Tibbs went on record saying, I couldn't re-sign Kevin Garnett. Yeah. As a fan, as well as, you know, the GM of our team, we had to say no to Kevin Garnett. Because he wouldn't be what he, he was. He he wasn't. Okay. Absolutely I think great. this is a lot. There's a lot of favor right now with Dirk because he's been he's been taking pay cut after pay cut of what he's truly probably deserving mm-hmm. to get other players like Rajon Rondo and you know Darren Williams and things like that just to keep stay relevant and Chandler Parsons amongst others. Yeah. Max money, you know, Harrison Barnes, you know, Dirk Nowitzki has taken a massive pay cut for all this, so he's getting what he's owed, but he's off of all these lingering injuries and he's old, so it's like. Should we even play him right now? I don't know what I don't know what the correct answer is. Yeah. I, I really don't. So at this point, who
2: who's basically who's the center of the Mavs organization? I mean, do do you call it Harrison Barnes? Do you call it Wes Matthews? Like who who do you have as that pivot point or who do they kind of focus around before they
1: obviously blow this up? Um well before this recent streak, they were kind of a Bottom barrel team, right? They're yeah. probably in the middle of the, the worst right now in <laughs> the, the West. In
2: the middle of the West. The
1: middle of the pack of the worst. Right? Yes, like, It's got really uh, descriptive about it. They probably should not be winning anything right now. But we let's not talk about Dallas right now. Let's talk about necessarily this game. But they ha- they, they got the spark, right? You know, I told you in the beginning of this episode, uh, uh, a five you know five year anniversary kind of spark sparked the Knicks five years ago, and they mm-hmm. won this like tear. Mm-hmm. But they were kind of an irrelevant team still. This is kind of what's happening with Yogi Ferrell, right? He's like he's reigniting all these, uh, you know, all, 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 these drafted, all these all undrafted. these bombs from Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> no, we were talking before the episode. Look at all his undrafted players: Yogi yeah. Ferrell, West Matthews, um, Seth Curry, yeah. uh, Salah Mejri. They're well, two minutes for Salah Mejri, but they're all undrafted, and they're producing for Dallas. It's kind of a nice storyline,
2: to be honest with you. And no, Matthews. it's it's. I think it's an interesting storyline, but it's just like to your to your point. I mean, they're 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 a bad team that needs to tank out to get better and they're they're winning which is just like it's going to happen but games. well
1: we are um excluding conversations about Cleveland right now and I'm sure you can weigh in on some of what has happened here but this game was kind of fun to watch because it's like the first contract of Yogi Ferrell's you know career and he's defeating the champion the king LeBron James you know it must mm-hmm. be feeling pretty fucking good no i go ahead
3: yeah i just i think that kind of along the lines of what we were saying with Yogi Farrell and a lot of those undrafted guys, like regardless of uh, the the talent or I guess the, the execution on the Maverick side, like nobody's ever accusing them of not playing hard, good basketball, right? Like those guys are showing up and they're really motivated, I think, to to earn that paycheck. And and especially guys like Yogi Farrell. Uh, Seth Curry's have been having a pretty good season and, and, and you know, Dirk's on his way down and I think that they kind of smell that the team there might not be you know on an official tank stance but they're going to be bringing in some high profile talent after this season oh, yeah. and those guys want jobs after this season right yeah. you know they they show up and they play and 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 i think the 76s were a good example of this when they were playing hard but they still only won what, was it 12 games or 16 games like the the, the players on the teams they don't want to tank they don't want to lose course, they're not happy course, with it right of course Uh, And the Cavs have shown kind of a few times this season for extended periods of time that they don't necessarily show up motivated to games. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, LeBron is essentially on record saying he doesn't give 100% in the regular season. Tristan Thompson only shows up on one side of the ball at a time. Kyrie <laughs> <Harry laughs> Irving is as efficient as he feels like it being, you know, and like, <laughs> exactly. and, and, and so I think that a lot of teams like the Cavs or even, uh, you know, just kind of these high profile, high talented teams that have winning records kind of show up against Dallas and think like, oh, well they are a bottom feeder and, and we're going to beat up on this team. Yeah. And the Mavericks, you know, they don't resign to that. And, and I think that it's, it's pretty awesome. It's, it's a good showing of, Kind of the culture that Carlisle has yeah, uh, has Carlisle, has shown yeah. Yeah. Uh, has or has, has instilled in that team, and I think having Dirk on that team, you know, as a winner and and now Harrison Barnes also is obviously used to winning, uh, is really good for that team in terms of of reflecting that culture over Carlisle, and I think that that's kind of what showed through in this game.
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely, well said. So
2: okay, we're gonna we're gonna move on to our last game for this for this week, and this is Boston uh, over the Raptors. This was on on the. 1st of February. So getting into this this Raptors Celtics game, Thomas is has is continuing to be a beast. He goes for over like 44 4 and 7 in this game. He is just exquisite right now and just like continues continues this march towards like just domination. It's just like he is he is the leader in Boston and he's continuing to kind of lead that charge. But they're beating a a Raptors team that just does not look good right mm-hmm. now. Uh, they've only won what two out of their last ten. So they're two and eight in their last ten. Oh You're my god! Absolutely crazy. So,
1: I mean, what
2: what do the Raptors need to do to kind of come back and recharge?
1: I feel like that their strong start was just a byproduct of Derozan going off and having like a sixty percent shooting efficiency type of you know start of the season and getting that paycheck and earning that paycheck and then I believe Kyle Lowry is on top of his game kind of um in the mid range, right? But mm-hmm. mid range isn't as efficient as maybe one would su- suggest if that's your game then that's your game. Yeah. But if you just ride those two guys in ISO situations, eventually it's gonna catch up with you and you're gonna have these slumps. That's exactly what's happening right now. Yeah. I you know, we've been saying in the, even in the preseason, Raptors are one piece away, one big away from a major like move in the standings. Yeah. To maybe eclipse Cleveland in the one seed, as the one seed, but you know that's not happening. No, it's in it's... fact Atlanta is dethroning them in the standings. You know, like right now they're 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 all the way at five right now. I believe Toronto, sure, which I believe they had a staple position at number two in the beginning. The the, they, they they certainly did. They certainly did. I
2: mean, one of the noticeable things from this game is I, I believe DeRozan was actually he was out for this game. He was hurt, oh, yeah. so. Um, that's part of it, then. Of course. So, I mean, you have Lowry kind of leading the charge, but uh, Valanciunas, like, he had no impact in this actual game. He had like three points for this game. And you have Patterson and Carroll really not doing that much, and it's just like their bench really isn't doing that much either. That's that's unfortunate when you just you can't stand without one player. You know, their slide could be imminent, and it just like. And if if one if DeRozan or Lowry are out for an extended period of time, this situation gets pretty dire. Now you go from a, you know, two or a three to a five or a six, and and your matchups that are going to occur are just going to put you out of the yeah. playoffs
1: first round. I feel like Toronto for the past few seasons have been overachieving. Jonas Valanciunas has been great, but he's been injured as well, and then he's and hasn't recovered to what was his initial stance in the NBA. And we have you know DeRozan and Lowry doing what they can do, but they don't have. Anyone else? They probably had their best supporting cast this season with Corey Joseph and Dwight and, and uh, Norman Powell, and I guess they, they were throwing in Nagara in there too. But like their biggest offseason ac- acquisition was Jared Sullinger, you know, from Boston, mm-hmm. and he's been fucking garbage <laughs> and injured. Only been like, injured, yeah. Come on, I, I don't, I'm I'm worried about this team because they threw all all that money for you know Delilah Carroll, and he's doing nothing. I
3: <laughs> love it. We have a question here that's, uh, is Isaiah Thomas carrying the Boston Celtics? And the answer to that question is yes. <laughs> uh, like, there's, there's no doubt in my mind. He's the only guy in the 2000s uh, two, two to have, be or being averages, average over 10 points uh, yeah. in the fourth quarter. Oh, yeah. Like the guy just turns it on in a way that we haven't seen in a very, very long time in terms of, in, of the way he, that he scores and the determination. It's kind of uh, like all of the, the good things of Westbrook. Uh, of russell westbrook that that people love him for uh in terms of turning it on in the fourth quarter and you know single-handedly bringing out games mm-hmm. but without the downside right like <laughs> right. at no point are, are this Isaiah thomas have the ball and a boston Celtics fan like ah shit this isn't gonna end well yeah uh, like no it's it's always good with with him uh running that offense especially when it comes to important situations and and i think that it's just it's been awesome to see as a as a basketball fan.
1: That's- the grin on your face right now is hilarious, but um, Isaiah Thomas <laughs> had 44 points this game and went 15 for 16 from the free throw line. Is he, He's, like, no longer a novelty, right? The last pick in the NBA draft a few seasons ago, he's no longer a novelty. He's an all-star. Yeah. To the point where, like, started from the bottom, now we're here. Yeah. Yeah. All right. The funny thing, though, is I remember someone said, like, if only he were he were a little bit taller, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, there's, like, in a rap song about that, too, if only I was a little bit taller. I think he has that chip on his shoulder because he's always that little dude, yeah. right? And he's embracing that, and he maybe sees things and has a lower point of gravity than all these other dudes.
3: <laughs> <players. laughs> he's got a slightly, slightly lower perspective. He's got on, that, he's got on, that, he's got that on worse <laughs> NBA than most other players. <laughs> he's got that worm's eye view. You know? he's, he's got that m-
2: that Mugsy Bogues made Rob view or what? Yeah.
3: <laughs> so, so Danny Ainge, do you do you max Isaiah Thomas? He's a twenty twenty nine year old. Bring
1: we'll him up really quick. up.
2: Absolutely, I, I, you do. I, I, I max Isaiah. I
3: de- I would definitely. You, max you're Isaiah. dealing with uh, with an Isaiah Thomas making twenty five million dollars between ages thirty one and thirty four. Uh, as a as a boss, I'm okay. I'm okay with that.
1: I I'm okay with that. I don't know what money means in the NBA really anymore. I think maxing a player like that is okay because you max a player like Harrison Barnes and you're okay with that. So, um, I mean, who is okay with that? Dallas is apparently we aren't as, as fans. We're not. We're, 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 we're definitely not. But not, not, not personally, I wouldn't throw money at Isaiah Thomas as, as great as he is. I wouldn't throw max money at him. They got they got the number one pick coming up too. You know, like they got to think long and hard about what they're going to do and establish that. Is it going to be false in Thomas? All right,
3: more more to come on that yeah, later. Yeah, we'll cover that more, one uh, more, to, in, more in, the, in the coming weeks. More to
2: come on that later in salary negotiations. Our, 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 <laughs> Our main topic for the Dog Days, but we're going to move on from our games of the week to some other awesome moments that happened. Um, We talked a little bit about Steph. You you talked about monster, monster stats from Steph. I mean, that's, you know, that kind of stands where it does. Cat had a pretty decent week. You guys want to get into that?
3: Yeah, uh, Cat has been having a pretty decent month second half of the season, two thousand seventeen yeah, yeah a number of different things the guys, he's been going off in in kind of a quiet way where it's it's one of those situations uh that DMC was pulling a couple seasons ago where you expect the double double out of him it's very casual at this point the way that he goes about getting twenty and ten night in and night out yeah. uh and and he's getting these stats and and as a Timberwolves fan of watchings I can tell you they they're not empty stats right it's a team that Relies on him, uh, to both pass out of the post and score and drive and even take some set shots, uh, throughout the game. And the guy grabs boards. Uh, Turbos are are first in the league in twenty seventeen in offensive rebound percentage, and he's a huge part of that. Uh, and not to mention, like his his, his blocking numbers are up too. I think he's averaging over two blocks a game this season. That's right. Uh, and I understand there's a lot more to defense than that, but but the guy's been putting in work, and it's very obvious. And he's really starting to get comfortable with with what his role is playing alongside some ISO heavy players and, and a great distributor in Ricky Rubio. And he's, he's really coming along uh, very nicely. A lot of people were, were throwing around the word sophomore slump uh, early mm-hmm. in the season. And, but it's, it's not there anymore. Cause mm-hmm. he's guy's just, he's playing like a veteran at this point. it's, it's been awesome. That's
1: yeah. That's awesome.
3: In terms of, uh, there's a couple of other awesome moments that happened this last
2: week. This, this next ad is incredible.
1: Can't believe it. Ooh.
2: Westbrook outscores Memphis 15-0 in the last, uh, what, two and a half minutes of regulation in the, uh, in the OKC win over the Grizz. I mean, that's, that's insane. A player, like, we know the impact, and we've talked about it ad nauseum of the impact of Westbrook, but to single-handedly outscore a team, I mean, that's just like, it, that puts you in the Legends game. So basically when he didn't get elected to the All-Star game I just I brought him straight to the Lakers game. <laughs> I brought him straight there. He deserves a ticket immediately.
1: That's funny to me though because Memphis scored 0 in the last two and a half minutes. Don't they have like Marcus All Zebo, Mike Conley like They're not a, Yeah, point?
2: they're not a bad team, but it's just like a commanding player that wants to take over a game can do so and he's that level this season so uh
3: westbrook also got two steals in that last two and a half minutes (laughs) uh one was one was off of a second pass on an inbound already on their side of the court and the other one (laughs) the other one he just picked mike conley's pocket so (laughs) like it was he the guy absolutely took over a game where he had four teammates but they might as well not even have been there and to be entirely honest the grizzlies might might as well not have even been there either like he just (laughs) it's one of those things where it's like uh Every now and then, the Westbrook hype goes on and on, and it's, yep. again, it's those casual triple doubles at this point that we're used to, and it's like, <laughs> and you're like, how great really is this guy? And then, and then stuff like that comes around, you know, it kind of slaps you in the face, and you're like, wow, like oh my, he's crazy, yeah, the, the, the stuff that he does. Sometimes.
2: All right, we're gonna just do a quick
3: shout out to our
2: NBA Thursday uh, friends and fans. Hey, Peter, um, hashtag two thirty five, hashtag two thirty five. <laughs> Memphis has to play to close out a game, you know. Come on. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, one last awesome, awesome stat of this last week. DeMarcus Cousins is just, he is going for some monster games. He goes for a 46-15 and 15 game. They eventually lose, I mean, they lose to the uh, 76ers. Thoughts on DMC at this point?
3: Being wasted.
0: Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> right the thing. I,
3: every every thought of, of DMC that I have is just as a negative thought of the Kings organization, right? Like, <laughs> yeah again why are you holding on to that guy like yeah he's an amazing asset but i don't think that he's particularly loved in sacramento yeah uh and he's (laughs) definitely not by the there. (laughs) (laughs) uh and and he's preventing that ways you know he's lowering their draft pick every year right he's lowering their chances at the number one pick by single-handedly winning winning them games exactly (laughs) and and he is a guy that you build around, but you need the assets to do it, and you need like to be prepared to do that. And they're very clearly not as an organization. Sure. And and again, uh, I'll bring it back to the, the fact that they they should be deep in the process at this point, and they're just not embracing that by keeping him. Uh, and I think that that all of the trade rumors are that you know the, the trade rumors, of Demarcus Cousins, come up because it seems. Obvious, obvious to everybody yeah. involved that he should be traded from that team, but they're materializing based on that and that alone. Yeah, and and nothing's happening Nothing. because the Kings are incompetent. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Stack, I bring us through the uh, some of the box
2: scores and some of the the best highlights of this last week. Points.
3: Yeah, yeah. We'll uh, go down the line. Uh, Isaiah Thomas, we covered him briefly. Forty points per game in the last week <laughs> in four games, shooting fifty-two percent from uh, field goal attempts, forty-four percent that- from three. That is sick. In ninety eight percent in his free throws, I believe he missed one free throw uh, <laughs> in, in this entire week. <laughs> uh, not to mention, uh, as we discussed earlier, over ten points per game uh, this season for this guy uh, in the last two decades to do that. But in this last week, seventeen points per game in the fourth quarter. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a, that's the more than that's a sick score. stat. It's you like, get you get fifteen mil in the NBA if you score seventeen points per game. Yeah. Right, no, like, yeah. and you're getting paid. We're gonna go back as an exercise next week, and, and just talk about the number of teams he would have outscored <laughs> just himself. So, uh, Andre Drummond with a sixteen and a half rebounds per game—that's kind of production you expect to see out of the guy. But Dear he's God. leading leading the league uh, in, in glass cleaning this last week. So, shout <laughs> out to him. Uh, John Wall uh, pulling, pulling his deep uh, Ricky Rubio out with uh, a fourteen point three assists in three games uh we'll, we'll come back around on this later but is is john wallace skills challenge favorite i think so i think so i think so we'll, 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 we'll see it out there's some more discussion to be had there and a couple others uh so the heat right now at nine and oh since calling up okaro white <laughs> from the d league and the mavs are four and oh since calling up yogi Farrell. This, is RTP having the positive effect on the world that we were hoping to have? Early yes, early this yes. Yeah. We are D-League supporters.
2: <laughs> movement. This is movement. D-League movement right here.
3: And then uh, a couple of shout-outs uh, to Marcus Cousins and uh, Nikola Jokic, both the triple-doubles. It's uh, Jokic's uh, first triple-double of his career. Jokic, in, in triple-double. His, in, his, uh, in his second season. We talked about this a little offline. Uh, Jokic, out of the three, and uh, maybe I'm forgetting some guys, but of, of Kat and Bede, Porzingis. And, and Przingis, you know, so these these big men, these big skilled guys in the NBA, well, where did they come from, and and where were they five years ago? Yeah. Like it was just this, this injection of of talents at seven foot of seven footers that have ball skills and can shoot and can do basically everything. And under twenty five, and they're having huge impacts on their team right now. I just a huge shout out to Jokic and what he's doing in Denver. I right. think it's amazing, and the fact that he. Is putting up now triple doubles and and having the production and the assists that he's having, and he's in almost like that second tier of yes. these young big guys. Like is a testament to where the NBA is going, and, and, and kind of an interesting way since we saw you know the development of Steph Curry, everybody thought like small ball's king now, right. and and now all yeah. of a sudden like no maybe not boom, boom. yeah bigs are back you know like, bigs are back.
1: Denver's in the playoff picture right now. Ooh. Who would have fucking thought Ooh. that you know, and it's him alone bringing it into the contention. Yeah.
2: We are going to transition over to our insane plays of the week. These are five of our favorite plays of the entire week. There are some gems from this last week. We're going to start off with, hey, Guy, you found you found two dunks that you want to compare this week. Porzingis, Porzingis and Paul George. I We did a comparison prior to this show. <laughs> it is looking like, hands down, that I'm going with Paul George. I'm going with Paul George as the overwhelming favorite in this. Who
1: yeah. who, are, who are you running with? I'm going with. The PG thirteen himself, PG thirteen, the rated R dunk over Capella. PG- yeah, he just like he just takes off, and it's just like a dunk with authority over Capella, which is well,
3: and hang time,
1: you know. Yeah, he like stalled there for a second.
3: So while we're on the movie theme, uh, why I pick PG thirteen in this is he gets up in the air, and then you almost have like a beat, you know, <laughs> like he like cocks it back, and he's you know however high he is off the ground, and then you just like get this like second where you're just like. What is happening here? And yeah, then he yeah. just slams it on him, Ooh. and it was over him. And I, I think I definitely think he runs away with this one. Definitely, definitely. A little Max Payne moment there. <laughs> <laughs>
2: there are, we have four other plays here. Going into Blake's, it, Blake does this crazy pass. I don't know why he does it, but it's it was entertaining enough that I had to put it on this list. He does like an in between the legs assist, which goes for a layup. Like, why are you doing this? It's like a high-risk maneuver in an actual NBA game. Like, you should do this in practice or an exhibition game. Like, in a regular season game, why are you, like, going between your legs, like, through traffic like this? I just envision you getting shut down. But he he makes it work,
3: so... Yeah, I... I don't. I disapprove of uh, <laughs> <laughs> Blake's decision we on this one.
2: Hashtag no vote. <laughs> yeah,
3: but uh, but like you said, it worked. Like it was yeah. it worked. It led to a layup. He, the result was there. I just uh, Blake, don't do it again. You know? <laughs> like, don't, don't do it.
1: Again. My thoughts on this is that you know he's fresh off his injury. He's probably high on drugs right now. That's <laughs> that's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll just his headspace. We'll
2: roll with that. But while he's on drugs, he's throwing down some monster slams yeah. as as our third play of the week. He is he he just basically replaced. I think it was a one of the Golden State Warriors players. He basically envisioned him as a Kia and just jumped right the fuck <laughs> over him. So Kevin Looney. Well, that's fine. He's basically a Kia, so, <laughs> 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 so we're, I, I'm I'm completely okay with that. Kia coming out with the
1: 2018
2: <laughs> Kevin Looney. edition. Tim Hardaway Jr. throws down a monster slam. This is in our our Game of the Week last week. Tim Hardaway Jr., we talked about his impact in this game. This slam at this point in this game just gets the crowd riled up, gets us riled up. Absolutely awesome. Great night, great career thing for him. So this this is cool. We're going to throw this up on our uh, on our Twitter feed, at uh, Ryden underscore the pine. And Kyle Lowry throws down a game winner versus the Pelicans. Being it's a game winner versus the Pelicans, I give it a little bit of a discredit, but... <laughs> But he is kind of, he is, he is basically in, I don't have the fucking term right now, he is basically in traffic, oh, and basically like on on the edge of, fuck, Guy, okay. take, I mean, take this. Yeah, I mean, was a, <laughs> it was a contested three and he was on the elbow. That's of, the term I want. It was, a, it was an elbow <laughs> shot and
1: he shouldn't have taken it, fade away, but he made it, good for him, congratulations. <laughs> Lost in all of this is like a couple of game winners, you know, we had a... Uh, game-winner by Devin Booker just the other night. and um, you know He probably didn't call bank, and that's why he's omitted. From <laughs> you have to call bank if you're going to make our top five
2: insane plays of the week. Right. We're moving on to our terrible moments and some players who made the Oh Man's Lounge. Okay, you can't talk about last week without talking about, <laughs> about <laughs> Mo Spades getting rejected by the rim. Like, how do you forget how to dunk? Like, it's he, he basically takes off. It's like looking like a Space Jam style dunk,
3: but he falls a good foot short. <laughs> so there's a still frame of this game that's one of my favorite pictures of this season so far. And it's of this exact play. And he's got his hand on the ball and he's yamming it on the rim, right? And he hits the rim so hard that you can actually see like the indent. On the ball, right? Like you can actually see it bent inward because he slammed it so hard on the outside of the rim, and then fell on his ass because of the reciprocal force. Yeah. Oh my god, it's amazing. Um, there, there is
2: a a play from a uh, Shaq and a fool that I saw this last week. This is DeAndre Liggins. This is basically, I, I believe it's before. Um, right before halftime or something. DeAndre Liggins takes, I think it's like five or six steps before he fires a shot from half court. <laughs> Even LeBron is like taunting him in this play for, for traveling. So he just, he's basically like jumping with the ball. He's doing like that. The long jump. He's doing like the, the Westbrook long jump. Yeah, so... <laughs> Unbelievable! There is a there is a terrible moment not in a game, and this is Bradley Beal getting an invite to the All Star Game
1: without actually being in the All Star mm-hmm. Game.
2: So I was reading about that. that. That just sounded like he was irate about that <laughs> invite. So okay. not good. I
1: heard he declined the three point contest because of exactly this. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and there is a there is a terrible moment from Harden, but I'm
2: not I'm not familiar with this. Uh,
1: Oh, yeah, I threw this in here because this was in overtime uh, versus Bulls, right? This was the game uh, last night, actually. Sure. Um, it was a really heated game, uh, probably like 115, 115, you know, a couple, uh, maybe a minute and a half left. Michael Carter Williams has five fouls. He's just defending Harden as he approaches half court. Harden just falls on top of him. <laughs> he, he does his thing. It's now a patented move that he does. And guess who gets called for the foul? Michael Carter-Williams. He gets kicked <laughs> out of the game. Because that's a six foul. That's, I feel bad. Like, that's not, that's not a bad
2: It's Michael Carter-Williams. I never feel bad. I never, ever feel <laughs> all right, bad. All right, so, no, that's definitely some terrible moments this last week. All right, StatCod. You, you pulled our stats for the Old mans Lounge. Oh, who, man. Who is joining us this oh, week? Man. Oh, man. Oh, man.
3: One more time oh man oh man oh we have a lot of a lot of people we have 14 people joining us i feel like this has gotten ramped up these last few weeks they're hearing about it they are i mean people are just like oh can i get in on that sure it's such an exclusive club yeah I'm still waiting for that Jimmy Butler invite. Well, he's waiting for it, too. Uh, he's knocking. But uh, a couple highlights. We got Jamichael Green, an uh, actual NBA player on the Memphis Grizzlies, goes 24 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> fouls out in 24 minutes against uh, against the Thunder on February 3rd. Uh, zero points, four rebounds, two fouls turnovers. Fouls out with
2: zero points. Six <laughs> fouls. I love, I, love, I love this so much. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful stack. guy <guide. laughs> who, uh, who, who else joined us here Ryan,
3: Ryan Anderson not only an actual NBA player but who many people will try to convince he was a good NBA right, player right. Uh, goes 33 minutes uh, versus Chicago in that same game yep. uh, manages to go 0 for 7 <laughs> Uh, with two missed free throws and five fouls. Two missed free throws. Yeah, <laughs> and he's a starter. That's crazy. Yeah, he got starters minutes. Speaking of starters minutes,
1: Buddy Heald has recently become a starter for the Pelicans. And
3: why not? Congratulations! He has 17 minutes. Do nothing with it. Yeah. <laughs> he, he got he got started his minutes just so that he could make it to the old man's lounge. I
2: yeah. love it. Hey, you're, uh, <laughs> the uh, I got I got to hit on one player that joined us in the old man's lounge just last oh, week, sure, sure. and that. that that's pp that's pp patrick patterson yeah pat pat <laughs> oh the, yeah the pat pat, the, pat, pat, pat. P-P. The, uh, the only person to use pat pat as the actual <laughs> <laughs> as the actual nickname <laughs> so almost seven minutes no points
3: you know what? This, this Well, he's t- in a deep corner of the O Man's Lounge. A, he, <laughs> the only stat that he recorded was one block and one missed food goal. So. We're gonna
2: we're gonna put you behind the dirty dishes in the, <laughs> yeah. of, in the back of the O Man's Lounge. Oh man, this is this is tremendous. You know what? You really don't want to join us in the O Man's Lounge because all we're gonna do is criticize you. So put up some points and get on our uh, awesome moments for the week instead. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, we're gonna be right back with our standings for the week. Get into the standings of this, uh, of the last week here and kind of the well, standings of the current state of the NBA. So, I'm just going to run through the Eastern Conference, make some uh, call outs just in terms of where where teams have landed, and then we're going to do the same for the West. All right, so just running through it. So, this is as of Saturday, February the 4th. The Cavs are in one, are in first, the Celtics are in second, the Wizards have moved all the way up to three. Toronto is in four, the Hawks are in five, Pacers are in six, the Bulls are riding seven, and the Pistons have moved into eight. Right in nine, right behind the Pistons, are are the Hornets. So, thoughts around what we see in the East right now? Hornets are a mess. What a...
3: What happened to that team? They're, they lost
2: like they've lost what, six straight now? Yeah,
3: they were, and they were the hottest team uh the first two weeks of the season. That's I right. think they started the season nine and one. Okay. And is like is Kemba losing his edge? Is he out of energy? Are they yeah, you know, the two they can't ride their their big men as much as they were trying to? Like they traded some of the big They trade but because what they were doing clearly wasn't working. Here here
2: it is. I, I feel like I know what happened. Frank mitsky ran out of Skittles. Ooh. Oh
3: okay. I, I it's probably. It it's, sounds like a, a management <laughs> uh, issue. <laughs> it's, it's, it's. I
1: definitely think that they don't have a second guy. Like, that's really part of it. Um, I think Al Jefferson had the makings to be that way, yeah. that guy, and then I think they traded him away a little too uh, early in their development with him and Kemba. I also want to say that Cody Zeller, Frank Kaminsky, and all these white dudes, right? Spencer Haas. <laughs> no, 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 Spencer Haas. Miles Plumley now. Now it's Miles Plumley. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't really, like, how do i describe it it doesn't really make a true like that's a good third player that's a good fourth player that's your second leading scorer right there mm-hmm. you have a nick batum doing jack
3: shit you have mm-hmm. a michael Kid gilchrist doing nothing and uh marco bellinelli on the on the back ass of his career that's right
1: <laughs> like i love bellinelli but don't get me wrong it's just he's doing nothing they're almost like
3: like the, the shitty Rockets, right? Like, <laughs> you're right. You're they've right. got one super ball dominant point guard that that gets stats, <laughs> yes, and yes. in stats I include turnovers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they've got a bunch of three point shooters, and they like try to run and gun. They just don't do it well. Like, yeah. they like they had a vision, and it just got like muddled and sloppy by the time that they actually assembled it. And now they're now they're not even in the playoffs anymore. Yeah. Wow, that
1: is perfect. They so, are the shitty version of the Rockets. <laughs>
3: fair, fair enough. Fair
2: enough. I want to talk a little bit about just a couple of other things here from from the East. One: Can the Wizards? Can the Wizards move to two? Can yes.
1: Can the Wizards overtake Boston? Yes.
2: At this point, do you think it will happen?
1: Yes, I'm I'm dead set on them right now. I think they have. They've not, they're riding this high right now, and maybe they'll peak a little too too soon or too uh, in advance. But back to Isaiah Thomas mm-hmm. in forty points a game—that's not lasting. And they don't really have a, a great third guy on that team. They have Al Horford, but they don't really have anyone else that can really give you a lot of points. Sure. On Washington, they have Wall, Beal, Marcin Gortat. They have, you know, You're missing have- a big one. I'm missing a big Otto one. Porter, Auto man. Porter man. Auto Porter's having I'm so a great sorry. season.
0: I knew that. That's, I knew that's what I wanted to do. I'm, so <laughs> yeah, I'm so
1: sorry, Auto Porter.
2: Dude, hide my kids. Hide my wives. Auto Porter. He's
0: having a career year this year,
1: and it's only inevitable, I think. And um
3: he's, he's shooting uh 46% from yes. three on, wow, on four I and think. a half
0: attempts so far Why this season,
3: right? That? Like. He's getting over a steal and a half a game. The guy is he's an actual contributor and he's getting starters minutes and he's turning into to the guy that Washington was always hoping that he was going to be. Oh,
0: yeah. yeah.
3: And Walls having an awesome year. Beal's really breaking out in an awesome way. Mm-hmm. And I think Gortat is one of the the more overlooked big men yes. uh in the league and, Definitely. and the guy's an enforcer and he plays that role really well and he, he jives with the rest of the, mm-hmm. what uh what Scott Brooks has going on up there. I I, I do see them overtaking uh, the Celtics anyway. All a right. Way. All
2: right, I'm going <laughs> to so I'm going to ask another question: If they can overtake the Celtics, can they overtake the Cavs? Can they move to one? This this, this That's is crazy. this is a hot take. This is a super super hot <laughs> crazy. I mean, super hot take. But they're I mean, if they put this together, if they keep going at this pace, I mean, they, they were nine and one in their last ten. It obviously that just it'll average out, of sure, course. Sure. But if they continue to run at even semi this speed and Cleveland descends a little bit, we're we're talking about a potential to see to see the wizards in one sometime throughout the season. So I like, unbelievable. that 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 did not even like come to me until just now. Yeah. So I'm like, "Oh my god." Um one last comment on the east before we need to get into the west here. The Bucks. The Bucks. Do you see the Bucks actually turning around? I mean, they've lost their last 5. they and they what what are they? Their last 10, they've only won one. Yeah, yeah it's better off. Dear god. I mean, I guess between the Bucs and I guess everybody, the question is not just the Bucs. The question is the Ace seed. Who who eventually makes the A seed for the uh In the
1: East. In the East. Yeah, I I think we're having a repeat conversation here. I, I it's very up for grabs and it looks like it's a mess right now. But um here's the funny thing about the Bucks on Wednesday it's actually not funny, it's very serious. On Wednesday, Chris Middleton is making the season debut against Miami Heat. That's yeah. gonna be a huge game for them because Chris Middleton returns. It's against a rival now in Miami that's trying to catch them. Mm -hmm. And
3: Miami's had this huge ride of... Uh, Two things. Uh, To answer the question, eighth seed in the East, I think, goes to the Detroit Pistons. Um, And I think the reason for that is that they're Planning and all signs are indicating that they are happy with their squad right now, so they at least have that level of consistency. Mm-hmm. And you look at the rest of the East, right? You have, or at least the contenders in the East, you have the Bucks that just made a trade. Yep. you have the Knicks talking in trades about Melo yep. constantly, and, and you know anybody else. Derrick Rose is pretty confident he's not going to be back on that team next season.
2: And you have a very streaky Heat team. Yeah,
3: so. yeah, and yeah, and the Hornets also also just like they're very clearly trying to make changes. And like when you're struggling for a playoff spot and to the se- to the point where you're trying to make trades before the deadline to push yourself above there, that's not a good sign, whereas the Pistons are showing their players and and Van gundy and the management like of course we we think we know that this team is capable of making that eight seed, so let's go for it, and okay. I mean the standings are showing that that is possible, but I do think it's interesting now that the you have to talk about the heat in that conversation yes. now, right, yeah, like not not in the sense that they're stable in any in any sense of the word, yeah, but I mean. They're three games back of the eighth seed right now. Mm-hmm. They don't show any signs of slowing down.
1: Unbelievable.
2: Absolutely unbelievable. All right, so we, we, need, to, uh, we need to move on to the West here. So I'm just going to run through the teams in the West, and we'll talk a little bit about some big highlights here. Okay, the Warriors are in first. The Spurs are in second. Rockets in third. Clips are hanging in fourth. Jazz in fifth. Memphis in sixth. OKC in seventh, Denver in eight, and then we have we have the Blazers and the Mavs kind of running behind those nine and ten spots. I guess you know the big thing for me here is what's happening in eight. Um, I, I guess I'm I'm going to gravitate towards that just in terms of Denver, Denver maybe solidifying that eight spot.
1: I guess I would really love it for Denver to be in the playoffs. They kind of deserve it, honestly, but um, they have a good like. Makeup of a team that could push the competition, even in a one versus eight kind of matchup. But um, you know, Portland's on their heels, you know. So what's lost in all of this is also you know Minnesota and New Orleans and Lakers kind of kind of coming out of contention, even though they're just a few games back. Yep. Minnesota, as of twenty seconds ago, have announced that Zach Levine is missing the rest of the season with a torn ACL. Dear God, so Ugh. it might be really hard for us Ugh. as Minnesota fans. It's, it is it's hard, so. so it's a very uphill battle. But then, yeah, I believe as you have just mentioned, I've, the top of the West is pretty locked. The only thing that could probably get shuffled is like Utah and the Clippers. Yeah, and
2: but but I think but it's basically a four-five swap. You know, if I if I'm looking forward, maybe maybe the grids, But I don't know. The Grizz are playing pretty consistent ball. I don't think they're. I don't think their high side is much higher than a five. You know, if it's even that high. So I, I mean, I think the Grizz are going to sit in that six or seven seed. I, I think we could see a swap between, between Denver and the Grizz, but I don't, I don't see many other changes happening there. Yeah, it's, it's really just slop at the bottom here. Beside, besides Denver, which I think kind of more solidified spot at the bottom. Like the Blazers are just, I don't, Blazers are not a playoff team in my. In my opinion, I, and this Mavericks run is interesting, but they'll get demolished. I don't even want to see that. I don't even want to see the series between Dallas and Golden Golden State. Yeah. It's just not. <laughs> that's why. That's, that's why I'm just, saying just,
1: Denver would be fun. I would really want OKC to be at eight because yeah. OKC versus Golden State would be the best. Yeah. But um. But you yeah. kind of,
2: you kind of like the, the thought of like somebody like Denver. You know they play tough all the time, so it's like they could potentially wear them down. It could. It could have an impact on the rest of the series uh, and, you know, the rest of the remaining series yeah. on, on the on the road to the finals. Yep. So, OK, we're going to we're going to continue, uh, continue moving on. So we're going to move into the three man weave.
0: Hey,
2: what's good, fellas? Oh man, what an answer. The only answer to this question, not even the correct one, the only one, is Russell Westbrook. Interesting. Russell Westbrook, yeah, I'm, I'm doing how Harlem to shit around my body, spinning on my finger right now. The second, will crying LeBron replace crying Jordan in the Memosphere this season? MTG is absent, but we're going to take on a couple of topics. You know, this last week, we, we can't really move forward without talking a little bit more about the impact of of yogi on dallas and it looks like he he's gonna get signed to a he just got signed to a contract so
3: yeah uh, <laughs> it's it's just an awesome story right like you have this guy like on a struggling mavs team like they don't have a like a necessary they're necessarily guy that's like a, a volume guy uh and then you have a an unsigned rookie on a 10-day contract put up 33 for you and uh, I'll, I'll say in that game he scored nine threes, which is the rookie record for for drafted rookies. <laughs> wow! Uh, and and so like the guy, he's he's absolutely balling, and it's just cool to see. Like I think as the Mavs, you you don't necessarily sign him because he puts up thirty three points in a game, right? Yeah. You sign him because like guy's got his back to the wall. He's about to be unemployed when his ten day contract expires. Yeah. Like that's that's pressure for a guy. You know, this yeah. is, is this guy's like living. his a lifestyle. Uh, and he comes out, and you know, despite all of that pressure, puts up the performance that he did, and it's like, all right, well, what's he gonna do when when things, you know, when <laughs> are things are on the line, you know, yeah. uh, and and I think that that's really why you put money on the guy, especially as a mass team where you don't have a yeah. ton of money locked up and a lot of yeah, guys but, for I the long term, and with that min deal, I just it
2: doesn't cost him anything, and if he's exactly he's already performing at this level, I mean, the upside here is incredible. He yep. re- reminds me of the. Uh, I don't remember the guy's name, but the uh, the guy that mm, he played for Miami was this Tyler Johnson. Oh yeah, yeah. What Tyler Johnson? Yep. Who actually he ends up making a much much bigger deal. Yeah, he got a huge what, what, awesome what, deal. In our what, this is our first episode where we reference the uh, the contract money for Tyler Johnson. He was making more than Steph Curry at That's earlier right. this mm-hmm. season. So I think it's cool. I think with what he's done and just. I mean, they have a chance to develop him. He could be, he could be a glorified all star. It's just, I don't. Know. That's that's a bold prediction. But <laughs> that's
3: a hot. Take. Th-
2: that's a very very hot take. <laughs> but I mean, but he's coming in that level against this competition, yep. never having played that. I'm just like, I'm excited for the upside. Obviously, a million things could happen. Yep. But where he's at now. It's, it's at least entertaining.
3: Exactly. And he turns into... I mean, he turns into a role player. Say he only averages 10 points per game off the bench for the Mavs, and you're paying him the minimum, right? Yeah. Like That's that's, that's good production out of that guy. So yeah. the actual risk of this signing for the Mavs is basically zero. Um and it's just, it's cool to see. It's cool for the NBA. It's cool for the D-League. It's cool for undrafted guys yeah. and guys in college that are really hoping to make this. Like, you know, you just got to ball out. That's all that it is. You just got to ball out. And if, if you're putting the right chance, you'll get the money. Just ball out. Just ball out. It's that, as easy as that. <laughs> it's
1: a feel-good story in the NBA, too, you know? And I'm glad that Dallas did this. Yeah. All right.
2: A few other topics for the three-man. The Okay. So I have an alternate proposal for the dunk contest because the, dunk, the dunk contest was a Kind of garbage this year with Levine out. I mean, obviously Levine is out, but it, you know, Aaron Gordon's there, um, DeAndre Jordan's there, but then it kind of goes downhill pretty fast. So here's here's what I propose: NBA, and this is I, I basically want a dunk contest where the top two participants, the top two participants are coming from are coming from the NBA. These are these are the top dunkers. So let's say an Aaron Gordon and let's say. Man, who would I? Oh, I would go Larry Nance Jr. Actually, yeah, I, um, I hear that. But then I would also throw down like two D leaguers. So because they, there's been some dunks in the D league this this season, some highlights that I've seen that have rivaled the best dunks in the NBA. So these guys, these guys got some hops. I believe that there's uh, the guy who just signed to Golden State. That this kid can jump.
1: Oh, Breante Weber. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen no,
2: seen I haven't any seen highlight any videos. I just from know yet.
1: like DJ Stevens from Memphis, who did yeah. like a couple of ten days in Memphis. He's Unreal yeah. Athleticism. Yeah. Um and this dude that they just signed in Phoenix for the rest of the year, based on the fact that I think he was going to be on the dunk contest. Yeah, yeah, he's played like 11 total minutes. But so. he's
2: but he's already on the NBA side, yeah. so he yeah, yeah, yeah. he gets he get. Unfortunately, in my competition, he gets moved into purgatory. Yeah, where no, he's no, no, he no. just can't move one way or the other. <laughs> but you know, I I think it'd be interesting, and I think I think it's something. I think the D league integration just into the all-star weekend is it's, it's already starting to happen, but something like this brings D leaguers to the forefront. And I think if we bring more attention to the D league, that we just give them, we give them more fans, which give them more money to, to develop players and to develop talent to a higher level. I just, I, I see this system exactly like MLB in which you have, you have a team, you have your farm team and they they continue to develop your players. People get injured, bring them down, get them rehabilitated, bring them back up and you know, continue to produce the best talent that the NBA can have. So, you know, I am I'm completely going home. I will have a I'll I'll have a D League hat here pretty soon. So <laughs>
3: I'm absolutely supporting this. So Yeah, you know what I love about this though, right? So like Last year's dunk contest was probably the best since I can remember, right? Yeah. As, at least March the best duration. of the 2000s. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. And you know what I think really distinguished it from some of the like the more terrible ones? Yeah. Is the actual level of competitiveness to it. Yeah. Right. There's uh like Blake Griffin jumping over IKEA, and uh, I think it was with dwight howard with a superman cake like yeah a cupcake off of the rammer and whatever you know, crap that he did <laughs> cupcake, like yeah. it's, it's just these, these these one-off guys doing these kind of gimmicky they're yeah. athletic dunks, but like and like that's not what the dunk contest is about right like yeah. it's supposed to be guys trying to get one over on each other and because it's more of an exhibition thing players take that a little less seriously yeah but then you get Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon last year, and they were both very determined to win that. Yeah. And that's what was really awesome to see as fans, is like neither of them wanted to lose, and they were trying to show that through their dunks, and it was really awesome to see. And that's exactly what this produces, right? Yeah. D-leaguers, like most of these guys, nobody's going to have heard of, but yeah. they're trying to make a name for themselves. Yeah. And if doing it through the dunk contest is the way to do it, yeah. you need guys signing up left and right. Yeah. And on the flip side of that, you have NBA players... And they don't want to lose something to a D-League guy. Like there's pride there. You know, these guys are, they're very proud of what Absolutely. they do. And like well, you get beat by a D-League even if it's just in a showing of athleticism, yeah. like what does that say about <laughs> you? Aaron Gordon, DeAndre Jordan. Uh, I, so and, and so it kind of it it, it it caters to that level of com- competitiveness that I think really makes the dunk contest awesome sure while giving the D-League guys a chance to really make so, a name for themselves, which point. I think we need more in the NBA right mm-hmm. now. I I
2: absolutely love that, and I want to go back to to one thing and one of my favorite events in all of basketball, and that's the the McDonald's All American game. They yes. ha- they have a dunk contest because it's exactly that point they've reached the they've reached the pinnacle of where they can be at the at the high school level, and they're showing off their skills. But when you have people showing off their skills, not wanting to lose mm-hmm. to make a statement, you end up producing even in an exhibition context the best most entertaining thing you can for the sport and i i love that i just i don't want the gimmicky bullshit like i don't care about the i don't care about the sponsorship on the fucking logos i, <laughs> I want people who can fucking jump i want people who amen. can jump amen <laughs> you know it'd be really cool just blessed be thy dunk <laughs> <laughs> it'd be really cool uh you know if you get some
1: insane dunks on here right? <laughs> yeah. but um also i would say maybe like throwing in like an open field competition so it's like an an open spot in the dunk contest, you know, with D leaguers. So maybe it's like four D leaguers compete for one spot, and then it's three NBA players and one D leaguer. You know, that'd yeah, be, that'd be maybe a fun compromise.
2: I wanted to talk a little bit about one of the other uh, challenges happening during the All Star Game weekend, and that's the skills challenge. But I w- actually want to I want to talk about the players in and make a prediction as of the fourth about who we think might actually win this because. We talked a lot of we at least I've talked a lot about the dunk contest and even the three point contest, but in terms of the skills challenge, who's actually gonna win? So I'm just gonna run through the players and then we're gonna we're gonna make our we're gonna make our picks and then go back to them in a couple of weeks here. So we, we have we have Embiid, we have Davis, we have Porzingis, we have DMC, Thomas, Wall, Booker, and Hayward. So if you're if you're looking at the participants right now, you get one pick. You get okay. one pick. You can pick. You can pick the same player as somebody else, but you only get one pick.
1: Definitely um, not Embiid. Definitely not Hayward. Definitely not Porzingis or Cousins. Okay, that's, my, that's definitely where I'm going to filter my. You're going my small
3: head. ball. Uh, so if we're going by process of elimination, uh, Devin Booker has never passed a basketball in his life. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's no way he's winning a skills challenge, <laughs> and. Yeah, I I, th- I don't see how you really don't go small ball here, right? Like, yeah. you, so it's a, it's a, at this point, it's a game of coordination. Uh, and absolutely. Yeah. Well, so okay, so
2: then as of right now, without eliminating down to all the choices,
3: who do you go with? John Wall. My money has been on John Wall for, for
2: days John since Wall. this was
1: announced. If it's not John Wall, it's Isaiah Thomas.
2: Okay, you you're just picking two. You can't do that. That's a, uh that's a voter fraud. So it's Isaiah <laughs> Thomas is what I said. You're going Isaiah Thomas. Okay. I'm just gonna be. I'm gonna be different. I'm gonna be different just for the hell of being different. Wow. I, I am going. I'm going Hayward. Oh, I'll go Hayward. I, I think that's a. Ter- I think it's a terrible pick. But I, <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna go Hayward. I, I, I can I'm, hear
1: it in your voice. I
2: know. I, at least it's not Booker. I can't. I can't in good faith go with Booker,
1: yeah. and. Well, yeah. they've eased up on the skills challenge, right? Like, they just have to throw it three times. They don't have to hit the, the actual circle. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe if Denver Booker, can just, like, throw it three times really fast. <laughs> and Embiid's just going to be trying to impress, like, whatever
2: whatever girlfriend he was trying to get through the yeah. All-Star game weekend. So really? I, I just I don't feel like he's going to have it. He's so. probably the slowest person in there, too. With the running. That's <laughs> true. With the running. He, do you you have some back fat for us today. Oh.
1: Yes, I do, but well, you back fat the is- back fat is back it's the n b a season stat track back fat. let's get it <laughs> There are a grand total of fourteen hundred and sixty-one people in the u s with this guy's name Oh dear God, which is a little crazy in my opinion. His mother, Gloria, bless her <laughs> had her when she was fifteen had him when she was fifteen. Mm-hmm. I was trying to guess transgender players, and I was like, "That's not good." (laughs) Um, They've had he's he's had some daddy issues, but so he vowed to be you know a family man when he grew up. He's the youngest player to ever record a triple double. Youngest player. He once had a streak of twenty five points in twenty five consecutive games. Twenty five. But he's seen the light, you know. He's seen the light. He's come to terms with what's going on. And he's joining a community that I'm a part of. Speaking of a community that I'm a part of, he's born the same month, year as me. Mm-hmm. His weight is what I envision my my weight being. You know, like that—that's my goal right there. Yeah. He's been known to be quite a fan of SpongeBob SquarePants.
0: That
2: he's not giving it away—not
0: <laughs> not yet.
1: <laughs> yet. You know what would give it away for all our fans at home is a visual image. Yeah, Of the, his feet.
0: Uh,
1: Would you like to take a guess based on his feet?
3: Visual, okay, Sorry, man. That's not that's not much either. Visual, okay, for for fans, a visual, a visual image, yes. a visual image for a podcast. You like that? You like that? Yeah, <laughs> I, I love that.
1: He has his own website. And his his website is started as the man, the philanthropist. I don't want to continue on because it might reveal too much. But the man, the philanthropist, is it Chris Bosch? It's not Chris Bosh. It's a current NBA player. Oof. Rest in peace, Chris Bosh, right now. <laughs> Rest in peace, Chris Bosh. Um, in his Twitter, I, I went deep into his t- Twitter this week. Mm-hmm. It says he's located amongst La Familia. Oh. He's only following 20 or sub 200 people and has only ever liked 75 tweets. Oh, gosh. But amongst those people that he follows, awesome. he follows Instagram. He follows Macklemore, Stuart Scott, MKG. From the Charlotte Popcats. Drake in common. I don't know if that really helps at all, but here this might help a little bit. He had his choices to go to school in college, including uh, Ohio State University, North Carolina. You know, and man, yeah, this is I don't know. He's know. part of the 2003 draft class, including you know LeBron James, Mello, Dwayne Wade. Ooh. This is some thick fat. Here's, here's some fat right here. He is the oldest player in the NBA All-Star Game this year. Oldest player in the NBA All-Star Game this year. So is Paul Millsap? No. Just like me. What? He shoots with his right hand, but he writes and he eats with his left. I have so much in common with yeah. this guy. It's just like me, too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sweet. Yeah. You wear size 16 shoes. I do not wear size 16 the shoes. oldest player in my life. I love it. I love it. I'm so happy right now. Man, you're.
3: this is so deep into the back fat. It's I, LeBron? I, what the fuck, Key? The fat is LeBron. <laughs> you, you stumped us with LeBron? Oh my god. It man. goes the
0: man, the
1: philanthropist, the king, uh, the chosen one. I couldn't say that, you know? Oh
2: man! Oh, bravo! Yeah,
1: Bra- bravo. bravo! Bravo!
2: Bravo! Unbelievable! You've I take my you've bow. you've stumped you've stumped us. You've stumped everyone at home. You absolutely stumped everyone at home with the visual clue. <laughs> yeah. So So we'll 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 throw that up on our on our Twitter feed. Yeah, these feet are fucked up. That's why. <sighs> All right, we got to do it. We got to do it again. We're going back this week in basketball. A quick wrap up this week of this week in basketball talk a little so some of the players of this the players of the month were Isaiah Thomas and Kevin Durant coaches of the month were Scott Brooks and nice. and Steve Kerr um at this point it looks like uh, Brad Stevens is going to coach the East and Steve Kerr is the coach of the West um obviously Trump has been making some moves with his his essentially muslim ban immigration ban the NBA has responded definitely responded so
1: well, we have two players specifically in, in concern, uh, contention, right? For getting access back after games in Toronto or in London. And it's basically because they have dual citizenship. Okay. Uh, Don Maker has uh, a visa, but he's also, I believe, um, ID. Sure. And then same with Luol Deng. I believe he has a he's dual citizen. From okay. Sudan as well as France. Yeah. like that. So um, that's... Oh, I'm sorry. Thon Maker has an Australian passport, and Lual Deng has a f- French passport. Okay, and okay. that's why they are allowed.
2: But 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 they're dual. But they're dual citizens,
1: yeah. so they're they're potentially at. But they're you know at at odds
2: with what the uh, what the new ban is. Yeah.
1: So you know this might have not have been the greatest uh, talking point, but it's 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 very important and impactful in the NBA as amongst everything yeah. in the world. But uh, you know I'm not really well read on what. No, no, no. But about.
2: but I you know I think I think the thing is the thing that we talk about on this show often is just how progressive the NBA is and they're they're basically just giving a response in in they're giving a response to the administration in terms of their legislation immediately i mean just the impact of the sports world on on everyone else is just immediate so it's just like they're not just sitting back and watching this happen they're they're participating in the process because They're taking the concerns of the players to those who can make changes. And that's, I I think really that's all we need to mention on that subject right now. Um, So LeBron is, has also been selected to receive the NAACP Jackie Robinson sports award. This is just one of many awards that he's gotten, but you know, certainly deserving in terms of, uh, in terms of receiving that, Um, you know, we've, a little bit in terms of player activity. Uh Anderson Verzhau was waived by the Warriors. So side we need another sideshow bob in the NBA, so that will have to happen at a later time. We've talked a little bit about about Yogi's deal that happened. You had talked about um Middleton coming back. There there was a quick um just a quick topic here. Yao Ming was obviously selected to the hall last year. They actually retired his jersey in Houston this last week, which is kind of interesting. Um, and, and well-deserved for Yao Ming. In terms of other kind of news in the NBA, there was just some there was some talk just around the the league actually decreasing its uh, salary cap estimates just in terms of they're actually paying the players a larger percentage, so they're bringing the caps down slightly. Oh, right, it's, right, it's, right. it's not really that big of a deal. Okay. Um, but let's get into just a, a couple quick notes on lighter news.
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, Cleveland is searching for a playmaker amongst the mon- amongst other things that they need right now. <laughs> I love. Um, this. You know, they're blowing blowing out of the water in terms of like their um, their cap space. They don't have any. Yeah, and uh, were they paying like twenty seven million or something in luxury tax already? 47 million. Forty seven oh. million. Dear God. Um, and the repeater tax into- included. So, um, they are looking for people that are not in the league right now because that would be. The absolute minimum they could pay and they could do it, um, with you know, in terms of wallet size, yep. Um, so they held a four man uh workout session in the middle of the fucking season, yeah, with Jordan Farmar, yeah, Kirk Heinrich, Lance (laughs) Stevenson, Lance Stevenson, who blew in LeBron's ear, that was hilarious that they'd throw that guy in there, and then Mario Chalmers, who's still recovering from an injury, apparently, um, all worked out, and apparently, uh, someone else. Uh, you know, probably Jordan Farmar probably beat everyone else in the this workout, but then they're looking more at like Jose Calderon from the Lakers. Okay. And I believe there was um like Josh Smith and Nate Robinson oh, have been in the news. This, this is, is crazy. Like this, this is, is just, just a garbage list.
0: It's of, a garbage list.
1: What okay. mediocre minimum player, minimally <laughs> used player will really turn the tides? It's not a Kevin Durant signing. Yeah. So like, what is this really doing? You're I really mean, really fracturing. If, if, like the younger players in your team, you know their if, dynamics, and if, what their role if, is.
2: If Mario Chalmers was was not injured, I, I guess he, I would put him at the top of the list just in terms of his interaction with oh, LeBron. Yeah. But I don't know, this is garbage. Let's talk. T- let's talk about a couple of other stories. Um, we, we in lighter news, Derek Fisher got robbed this last week, <laughs> and, oh, and all of oh, all, all of his rings, all of his NBA rings, were stolen. Um, you know what? It's Derek Fisher. The obvious suspect here is uh,
1: is Matt Barnes. What what is Matt Barnes' alibi at this point? He was already checking himself in for something else, right? So, um, <laughs> speaking of lighter news/slash higher news, Stephen Stephen Jackson <laughs> revealed Friday that he smoked marijuana before games in the NBA. Um, it's a blatantly obvious reason why he only had thirty days, <laughs> and I said thirty days and thirty nights. In mm-hmm. San Antonio, because he didn't even last half a season. Sure, I'm sure he was doing that shit. <laughs> Wonderful. All right, Stat God, you're gonna you're gonna bring us the the
2: Stat God snack wrap this this next week. Stat and God we're, snack we're, wrap. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna chew on these stats. So, what do you have for us? Yeah, so
3: chew on this, guys. Uh, I pulled uh, some some numbers over the course of the last two seasons, uh, over the the types of field goals that people are taking, right? Oh. Uh, so from 2013 to 2017, the four seasons involved there, uh, teams that are in the top half of the league in catch and shoot field goal attempts, on average, have seven more wins per season than teams in the bottom half of that list. Wow! Yes. However, I uh, I dug into this season a little bit to see to get pull some examples of those teams. Top six this season in uh, catch and shoot field goal attempts in 2016 2017. The Golden State Warriors, the Boston Celtics, the Houston Rockets. Three pretty good teams. Uh, Making up the rest of the top six in in, uh, catch-and-shoot field goal attempts, the Dallas Mavericks, the Orlando Magic, and the Philadelphia 76ers. It's
2: so bad. That's so bad. It's so bad.
3: I'm running
2: with your stat for the top three, and then just like, Boy, the the bottom falls out you know, <laughs> when we hit when we hit Dallas and Orlando there, and oh God, Philly
3: too. Okay, so, so what does it mean? What uh, do you make of this? Uh, I've got it, it's interesting, right? Like you think with catch and shoot field goal attempts, like sure, like those guys that are probably good ball movement, they're getting good shots. Yeah, it, are, are Dallas and Orlando and Philadelphia just doing like? bad impressions of good teams or are they just <laughs> are they just jacking up shots what is what's going on here what do you guys I feel, see
2: i feel like orlando is just kind of jacking up shots but i uh and i don't know what to make of dallas in terms of this situation and oh god philly <laughs> philly i like it makes it makes sense your stat makes sense in terms of the top three and then it just crashes and burns. It's like a fucking, <laughs> fucking snakes on a plane or some oh shit. It's just
1: awful. Well, it's not that bad, but it's... Uh, it's not that good. Uh, <laughs> stay with it. You know, I actually believe in this. I think this is actually a really in-depth stat in terms of what makes a good championship contending team. You have players like Wes Matthews. You have players like Robert Cummington and Nick Stauskas taking the shots as opposed to sure. a Clay Thompson as opposed to a, you know, I don't even know who Boston... Is their catch and shoot player, Um, and Houston? They have the whole string of roster spots as (laughs) catch and shoot players. (laughs) So it makes sense. (laughs) It really makes sense for me. Um, Okay, and you go back in the league in the past few years. A few years, those teams make that stat makes way more sense than you know because you have your OKC, you have your um, Cleveland or Miami. You know, Miami with Ray Allen. You had, uh, you know, all those teams, and they were getting wins because they don't actually have to repenetrate the lane. It's just a quick shot. It's so just how, it's how you penetration. those those bottom feeders exactly. though. <laughs> oh man.
3: <laughs> do uh do Carlisle and uh oh, Vogel and uh and Brett Brown do they have their game plans figured out? Are they good coaches and their players just suck? Like what is what's going on here? Uh,
1: well, you also think about like this year Dallas is Darren Williams, Devin Harris, and now Yogi Ferrell, right? Mm-hmm. So like there's a reason why they're bad. <laughs> short. Yeah. Short. That should be the subtitle of the episode, by the way. Yeah. There is a reason they're bad. And their shooters this year are Harrison Barnes yep. and Wes Matthews. In attempts, it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. But in efficiency, they're probably not necessarily there. Yeah. So attempts versus efficiency, attempts versus makes, uh, I would love to see that. I would love to see that. Uh, he'll pull. In, he'll pull
3: it. We'll Sta- stat- stat- yeah. stat- yeah. God. We'll we can. Uh, we'll, we'll come back around next It'd episode. it will be a new with, list. With It'd some, be a new list with some up and up.
2: All right. All right. So we'll, we'll we'll be back. We'll be back with the uh, exciting week two of this, the the Stack God snack wrap. <laughs> you've you've really kind of twisted our minds on this one. The so. protein edition. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah, definitely. laughs> All right. The Rambling Gambler.
1: The Rambling Gambler.
2: <laughs> what? Oh man, man, man. Ramblin' Gambler here. <laughs> Ramblin' Gambler. Ramblin' Gambler is is back this week. I have to I have to just talk about a couple of games. We talked about some of them some of them in the top. Just the the spread on some of these games. Like how are you like where are you supposed to set the line now on the on the Golden State Warriors and and the Clippers. Are you basically... Hey, we're going to set it at
3: 25. It seems about fair. We're going yeah.
2: to set it at 25. I'd, I'd like... Where else? Where else should it be? I mean, it's just... It's absolutely garbage. Also... Also, it's just my frustration with Indiana is at an all fucking time high. I cannot predict where this team is going. They're on they're on like a 5 game winning streak, but by the time I endorse their winning ways, they're going to change course on me and I will not make any money off of this team. <laughs> never never ever will. Miami is on a 9 game winning streak. Dejan Waiters, why are you doing this to me? I cannot predict this. My 1230 project is partially in limbo because of what you've done to me <laughs> absolutely awful so also i want to pre- i want to offer up a new prediction i want to offer up a new betting scheme number of rejections by the rim per game just just for Maurice spates so <laughs> I, I gotta see if if the if uh, vegas will allow this but i think that would be a very very funny stat so all right I'm gonna I'm gonna keep betting, keep betting as as the week moves forward. I am definitely betting against Toronto. I am I am betting for. Oh gosh, I'm I'm gonna struggle betting for Minnesota in the next little little bit here. But oh gosh, we'll we'll see what continues to happen, what continues to play out. Obviously, moving forward with uh, with Golden State and uh, Houston on the running gun. All right, getting in, closing out the episode. We. Our game of the week next week is Memphis and Golden State. I think that that should be a really really fun one. The Clippers are taking on Boston. San Antonio is taking on Memphis. Cleveland and Washington. That's was my pick. Cleveland and well, we might actually have to switch that. Cleveland and Cleveland and Washington has now been promoted to the RTP game of the week. That should be a lot of fun. And the Clippers are taking. Yeah, the Clippers are taking on Toronto, which I think is still a fairly interesting game. Worst games, oh, worst games, Portland and Dallas, I I don't like. Lake Lakers in Detroit is kind of bottom of the barrel. My, Miami might my, oh, Miami over Miami and Brooklyn, I don't like that at all. Miami's probably just going to kill them right now. And Chicago and Phoenix. The so. debut of Chicago
1: in the worst games of the week.
2: Huh? Nobody wants to see oh. that matchup. My obscure game of the week is from the BJ League, which I laughed at (laughs) for a very, very long time. The BJ League of Japan. The Raikoku... (laughs) (laughs) Raikoku Golden Kings versus the Toyama Grouses. So I think that should be great. So this this is going to wrap up episode 23 of Riding the Pine. All right. So follow us at Riding underscore The Pine and at Gidota at How3 at Vexed Intellects. Please... Let us know how you like the show and rate and review us on iTunes as well. Also, if you are in Seattle, please come join us. Uh, we meet up every Thursday night for NBA Thursday watching every both games on TNT so come out and join us. Hey
1: Gee, take her away with our
2: with our end quote for today.
1: I have lots of good quotes to choose from there's so many things so many storylines happening in the league right now. A very very light note is Magic Johnson's back in the league? Oh. He's back with the Lakers. Apparently, he's he left the Lakers at one point. He's back with the Lakers. Mm-hmm. He had something to say in his his interview with "I'm back." You know, we're one superstar away from competing against both those teams. Both in oh. San Antonio. One guy changes our landscape because we have everything we need right now except that one guy to make everybody better. I'm excited, and that's why I joined. If I feel like we're far away. And it was going to be a waste of my time. I wouldn't be here, and I wouldn't have taken this road. Oh dear God! All right, sorry, Magic. All right. So
2: until next time, this is Hondo. Hondo is Stat, God and G. Be out. Peace,
1: peace, peace. This has been eventcast Studios production.
0: This is Stacy on her motorcycle. What an incredible view! And this is Stacy off her motorcycle. Does this have sucralose in it? On her motorcycle. Oh, the wind in my hair! Off her motorcycle. Uh, it's pronounced etc., not etc. On. Woohoo! Yes. Off. No. You're better on your bike. And with basic policy starting at seventy-five dollars a year, quote today at progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states.